Turn with me in the scriptures to the book of Isaiah chapter 26. And then I think we'll go to John chapter 14. Isaiah 26 and John 14. When we were out ministering in California, the Lord ministered to me on some things on the last night of our ministry there that I could tell was bigger than for one night there. And so we're going to begin a new series this evening. And I believe, I'm confident that it is the next step and part of what we're supposed to uh, be seeing and hearing and what's supposed to be developing in us. You know, the Lord, the Master, told Peter after he was raised from the dead, he said, do you love me, Peter? And he said, yes, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And then two more times, he said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And again, do you love me? Feed my sheep. It's very important to the Lord that his people be fed. And he's telling Peter, if you love me, that's what you'll do, is you'll help take care of my people. And that's what shepherds are supposed to do, is to lead and to feed, look after the, the sheep, the flock. And um, uh, he's not talking about feeding them hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> What's he talking about feeding them? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread, natural bread alone, but by every word. That proceeds or comes out of the mouth of God. Our spirit needs to eat. Just like our bodies need to eat. Our bodies if they're not fed. If they don't receive proper nourishment. Will get weak. And also sick. We must have certain nourishment and nutrition. For our physical body to be sustained. And uh, this is representative of what's reality in spirit. And uh, this is something that's not widely understood. In this world, billions are spent on the development of the body of man. And billions are spent on the development of the intellect and mind of man. But in most cases, nothing is spent on the development of the spirit. The feeding and developing of the spirit. The human spirit. And that is uh, the most important part of our being. Uh, if you had to pick one area to be weak in. You, you shouldn't pick the spirit. Because <laughs> the scripture says the strong spirit of a man. Will sustain him even in bodily pain and trouble. If you weak in body, a strong spirit will get you through it. But if you're weak in spirit, it doesn't take much to overwhelm you. And that's why so many people are so full of fear, they are so hopeless, they're so despondent, uh, because they're weak in spirit. Their spirit hasn't been fed, hasn't been nourished, hasn't been developed. And here's the interesting thing. You can go to church for years and not get fed spiritually. Right. 
or barely. Because it's not just a matter of hearing something. What you hear. Whether there's any substance to it or not. And the only way it's going to be substance. That's not dependent on the ability of a pastor, an individual, a man or a woman. It is the anointed, revealed word of God. By the unction and quickening of the Holy Spirit. Now he uses human vessels to do this. Part of the way he does it. But he'll quicken uh, his word to you. Just you and your Bible sitting in your house. Right? Right? Right. Are you feeding on something through through a vessel? But uh, it's not just hearing. uh, And of course it depends on what people are talking about. I mean some folks. Most of what comes from their pulpits is uh, uh, things about political positions or, or social reform or things that are good and moral, but they're not anointed to feed your spirit. Amen. They won't feed your spirit. Amen. And you can tell when your spirit gets fed. Amen. I said, you can tell. Amen. You can tell. I remember distinctly, Phyllis and I had only been married about, uh, oh, a year or so. And we got a hold of our first preaching tapes, not CDs, tapes. <laughs> uh, I think we still had some eight tracks at that time, music eight tracks, they were still around. And anyway, we, we began to listen to cassettes. And uh, some of the first ones I heard, we heard, I remember turning off our tiny little battery operated player in our little 1969 Marriott mobile home on the genuine imitation leather sofa, code for plastic, with the red shag carpet. Yeah. And, uh, and we, uh, I remember turning that off and sitting there and not understanding what was happening to me. I didn't understand with my head half of what the person had just preached on that tape, but it, it did something to me on the inside. It quickened me. And what I, I didn't know it then, but looking back now, I was, my spirit was getting substantially fed for the first time in my life. And, and yet I had gone to church for years and years, not knocking anybody because you don't know what you don't know. And, and some folks were doing the best they knew. But a whole lot that was being preached was opinion and experience and denominational position and political. You understand what I'm saying? It wasn't anointed word and it didn't feed your spirit. Oh, but once you get a hold of something that really feeds your spirit and put some faith in you and put some hope in you and some strength in you and some expectation in you, uh, you don't want the other stuff anymore. Is that right? You just, you just don't. You're like, ah, ah, I gotta, I gotta eat something that'll put something in me. Because every day of our life, we're facing challenges, temptations, things that try to put fear in us, things that try to confuse us, things that try to uh, make us feel hopeless and, and despondent. And you need some strength in your spirit to rise up. Against all of this pressure and go, no, 
No, I'm not giving up. No, I'm not quitting. No, I refuse to be afraid. No, I'm not going to doubt and give up. No, I believe God. But even though you might want to do that, you won't do it unless you've got strength put in you. And this is something we need on a regular basis. Is that right? Every day, every week, we need input on a regular basis. And thank God if we'll listen to the Lord and go where he says go and do what he says do and be a part of what he says be a part of, he will take care of us. He will feed us. And then when things come up, he'll have us ready. Looking back now, we listened to those tapes on that plastic couch for... I don't know what, Phil, a year and a half or whatever it was. And I didn't realize it. Looking back now, though, I can see he was getting enough faith in us to direct us to step into to the ministry and training. Because if he had told us right then, it would have just seemed impossible to us. But he was able over that period of months to get enough faith in us to take those steps and trust him and believe he could do it. And then, year after year, we, then we really started getting fed. Once we took those steps and got under the influences that he wanted us to be under. And oh man, the things that we're experiencing in ministry and life today that are so far beyond what we ever imagined 30 years ago uh, are God step by step got us to the place where we could believe he could do it. We could see it. We, we had enough faith to sow those seeds, enough faith to take those steps. Are y'all with me? And I'm talking about, I'm not bragging on us at all. I'm just talking about what he has done, putting this into us. And that's what he's doing in you. He's putting into you. He's putting into you because he's got a plan. And some things he can't even mention to you until you get enough faith in you. Because you'd just look at it and just faint and fall out and go, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. (laughs) But when you got enough faith put in you, he'll tell you and you'll go, well, he's brought us this far. (laughs) Is that right? And and you just see it differently. So are you ready for the next part? Glory to God. Glory to God. Isaiah 26 and 3. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Hallelujah. Let me read this to you from uh, Young's literal translation. And it's interesting how it's worded there. An imagination supported. (laughs) You fortified peace. Peace. He says it twice for emphasis and to denote the completion and the measure of the peace. For in thee it is confident. Trust ye in Jehovah forever. For in Yah, Jehovah is a rock of ages. Hallelujah. Now this sounds like stability. 
doesn't it? On the everlasting rock. But back up in thought to the previous verse. What's our part of this? Doing something with our mind. Doing something with our thinking. This is our part. This is our responsibility. And if we do what he's telling us to do with our mind and our thinking, he's making a commitment to us that he, the everlasting rock, is going to keep us in peace, peace, which is Hebrew for perfect peace, complete peace. We understand that kind of talk. Not just peace. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. And you notice he mentions the word trust repeatedly. Trust. What you're doing with your mind is you got your mind on him. What you're doing with your heart is you're trusting him. Trusting him. And what he's doing is keeping you in a cocoon, in an environment, an atmosphere of perfect peace. Down here and now, in this world, in this life, is it possible? Some folks would think it's not even possible. But certainly it is, and it's God's will and plan for our life. Now look with me in John chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. John 14, 1 and 2. Now we need to put some context around this. Jesus, this is right before he left. He, right before he was scourged and went to the cross. And he's been telling his disciples that he's leaving. And it has upset them. They are upset. They are troubled. Now from the natural. You can understand that. Their lives. Have radically changed. Since Jesus came into their life. I mean they were living like everybody else. And uh, Jesus came into the picture. And they left everything and followed him night and day. They've been in meetings with him. They've been in services with him. They have heard uh, revelation from heaven. Is that right? Flowing from the throne, from the Father, through the Master's mouth. They have seen such miracles. They have heard such amazing things. They've seen the dead raised. They've seen walking on the water is that right? They, they have experienced, their life is amazing. Their life is supernatural. They are not confined to the whole hum doldrum natural life that the rest of the world is experiencing. They have come up into another dimension of life and experience. And now the master looks at them and says, I'm leaving, guys. And you can't go with me right now. But later on. And they are upset. 
And in this context, notice what Jesus tells them. Verse 1. What does he tell them? And of course, this is the anointed word of God to all of us. Let not your heart be troubled. Now, that lets you know why is he saying it to them. Because their heart is troubled. And what's he telling them? What's he telling them? Don't do that. Stop doing that. Now this is a revelation most of the church world does not have. And does not even have ears to hear. And doesn't believe that it is actually within my power whether I'm troubled or not. The enemy has convinced most Christians that they are victims of whatever happens around them. And people are troubled. Are Christians troubled? Oh, troubled all over the place. Upset, frustrated, anxious, Worried, scared, troubled. And if most Christians that were troubled and upset, if you looked at them and said, quit being troubled now, stop it right now. What would be their response? More upset. Anger, is that right? Resentment. Well... You're not experiencing what I'm experiencing. You haven't been through what I've been through. I didn't say this. Could the disciples have tried to tell Jesus? Well, it's easy for you to say. You're leaving. (laughs) We're going to be here without you. And, you know, they're they're already thinking, man, uh, what would it be like without him? And nobody wanted to think about it. And nobody wanted to look at it. But they're upset. And one of the first things he tells them is what? Don't let your heart be troubled. Or you could, we'd probably use the word today, upset. Don't let your heart be troubled. Say it out loud. Don't let your heart be troubled. Say it again. Don't let your heart be troubled. One more time. Don't let your heart be troubled. Well, what if your heart is troubled? It's because you, I, let it be that way. Now, we're going to need to camp on this. More than just tonight. You're going to hear this again. And again. And again. Because we need mind renewal. Christians everywhere. Believe They can't help it. They are convinced. Well, hey, if that happened to you, you'd be upset too. Not if I did what he told me to do. Well, sometimes you just can't help from being upset. Apparently he didn't know that. (laughs) See, you've got reasoning. You've got people basing things on previous experiences. And then you got the revelation of the Word of God, which is the truth that if you'll receive it and believe it, it has the power to make you free. And there 
there is a level of life in Christ that is far above where most folks are living. And it is a life where a faith where you don't let it trouble you. Had two grunts and a nod. But, but you can see why I'm, I'm being repetitious about this, right? Because we need mind renewal. We need mind renewal. Because folks will argue with you. I, I'm trying to not get upset. But I just can't help it. That's a lie. But if you believe the lie, you're stuck. This is the truth. Anybody believe the words of Jesus? Are truth. If he said, don't let your heart be troubled, what does that mean? That means with his help, I can do this. I can refuse to let my heart be troubled. And if you got that power in him, you can live a different life than the rest of the world around about you. And if you say, I, I know all those verses and that's great, but, but I'm doing the best I can and, and you just can't always help it. Then you're saying this is not true. And you know better. And you'll be stuck. We've been camping on for weeks and months on living by faith. Right? We walk by faith. Not by sight. We look not at the things that are seen. But the things that are not seen. And this is an application of what the Lord's been putting into us. Amen. Got any faith people in here? Come on, help me out. Yes. Faith people? You believe it? Yes. All right, it's time to do it. Time to do it right here in our own head and heart and house and car and workplace. Because you will be tempted to get upset. You will be tempted to get hurt, mad, scared. You will be tempted. Somebody said, don't say that over me. It's the, you're living in the world with everybody else. Come on, honey. You will be. It's going to come. The temptation to be frustrated, anxious, worried, scared, upset. But, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. I can choose not to let this in me. It's going to come against me, but I don't have to let it in my heart. I don't have to let it shake me and trouble me. Will you believe with me in this series for us to see this and learn how? And to get this, said out loud, Father God, I believe the words of Jesus. No matter what I've seen, heard, thought, felt, experienced, the words of Jesus are absolutely true. Teach us, show us, reveal to us, reveal to me. How to do this. I ask it in Jesus name.
Glory to God. All right. All right. Now he keeps on going down through here. He said, let not your heart be troubled. The understood subject is you. You are not to let, you are not to allow your heart to be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And in verse 16, he brings something else up. He, he's endeavoring to console and help his upset disciples over him leaving. But of course, this is bigger than this. This is inspiration. It's for everybody for all time. He said, verse 16, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Amen. He was the first comforter. Amen. And he said, I'm leaving, but you're not going to be alone. I'm going to ask the Father. I'm going to pray to the Father. He's going to give you another comforter, and he's never going to leave you. He will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, glory to God, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now skip down to verse 26. Verse 26. But the comforter. So he keeps talking about the comforter. Why? They're upset. They're troubled. The comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. What will that do for you? That will comfort you. He'll bring all things to your remembrance. Whatever I said to you, what will that do for you? It will comfort you. Minister peace to you. Verse 27 says it. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. You cannot find this in any other religion, in any kind of mental discipline or education or drug. You can't find this Anywhere else except in Christ, in Jesus, because it's his peace. It's his. You're not going to get his peace and you don't accept him because the peace comes with. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. And then he says it again. What he started saying way back in verse 1. What did he say? Let not your heart be troubled. What's he telling them? Now, now here's what, it, what we got to get clear on. Some modern translations insert the word try on some verses. Try to do this. Do your best. This is bad translation. The Lord never told you to try to do anything. Never. And he wouldn't tell you to try. Why? Because try would imply one of a couple of things. Either he didn't know if you could do it or not. Or you might not be able to do it. Would he know? Does he know whether we can do it or not? Then he's never going to tell you to try to or to attempt to or to do your best to do it. If you find anything like that in your modern translations, you need to ignore it. Amen. It's not good translation. 
What did the Lord tell us right here? What did he tell them? What did he tell us? Let not. Let not. Is that trying? No. Doing your best. No. Attempting. No. It is a choice. It's a decision. Don't let your heart be troubled. Skip down. We're at verse 27 now. Let not your heart be troubled. And he went on to say what? Neither let it be afraid. So if my heart, your heart is afraid, why is it afraid? Because we let it get that way. If my heart, your heart is troubled, why is it that way? Because you, me, we let it get that way. But if we keep our mind stayed on him, trusting in him, what do you say? He will keep us in peace, peace, perfect peace. Do you believe that? And we just got through praying, asking the Lord to show us how to do this. And he's already begun. You believe it? He's already begun. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to Philippians 4, please. Philippians 4. Philippians 4 and verse 4. You'll see the same thoughts and ideas right here in the epistles to the churches. The Spirit of God saying to us through Paul, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Keep reading, keep reading. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, let's stop right here at verse 5. We need to qualify. Look up this word moderation on your own and you'll find it does not mean at all what you think moderation means. There have been so many people that have developed doctrines supposedly based on this verse And people say, all things in moderation, all things in moderation is not a scripture. It's not a verse. And it's not what this is talking about at all. In fact, some translations say it like this, and this is a good translation. Let your sweet reasonableness be known. He's talking about, and you've got to, again, put it back in the context of the passage, He's talking about not being hard, not being desperate. He's talking about being kind and being easy to get along with. Why would he be talking about that right here? Because when you are troubled and scared, you are not easy to get along with. (laughs) Huh? No, you're not. No, you're not. And besides that, you're just no fun to be around. (laughs) No fun to be around. (laughs) And immediately, you know, you can almost hear the yeah buts. Can't you? Yeah, but, yeah, but if you were dealing with what I'm dealing with, yeah, but if you had to go through what I went through, yeah, but you wouldn't be happy having a party either. I didn't write, don't let your heart be troubled. I didn't say that. Are we going to believe the word or not? 
So connected with this, verse 6. You see how this flows together now. Be careful for nothing. Being full of anxious care. Don't be full of anxious care about anything. Except your kids. <laughs> huh? Be careful for nothing. Except if you get a really bad doctor's report. Of course, everybody understands that. Be careful for nothing. Unless you really owe a lot of money. <laughs> and you're way behind. On your bills. And then of course. I mean nobody could be okay. In that situation. You're going to be upset. And. and no. Not if you do. What he tells us to do. You see. Many Christians know. The scriptures. Take no thought for the morrow. Be careful for nothing. Cast all your care upon him. Etc. 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 How many of you have heard the scriptures before? Come on. You, you've heard them before? But most Christians take them as suggestions. Right? Something to work on. An ideal <laughs> that maybe super spiritual people could touch once in a while. They're not suggestions. They're commands. It's the way people who live and walk by faith are supposed to live. Worry free. Fear free. Care free. Trouble free. Is it possible? That's kind of weak. Is it possible? Is it possible? To have what the word says. To do what the. Be careful for nothing. But in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Keep going. And the what? And the what? And the peace. Of God. That passes all understanding. Now see. You can wrestle with that. Yeah, but I got this and they're in a mess. And and how can I help but worry? You're locked in understanding. There is something that transcends understanding. The peace of God is supernatural. And the peace of God can quiet your heart and keep your mind when it doesn't make sense. To your head and the people around about you. Why you're not just losing it. But this is supposed to be part of our witness. This is a big part of our witness. In our light. When everybody else is just freaking out. Just coming apart. And we have the peace that passes understanding. You are going to stand out, my brother. You are, you're going to stand out, sister. And it's going to make people wonder, how can they do that? What is, and it will be a witness of the reality of the living God. And the comforter, the Holy Spirit inside you and in your life. But when we fall apart like everybody else, why do they want to be like us? 
when we're upset and mad and hurt half the time? How's that any different than how they live? Why should they desire to be like us? We're supposed to be different. I said we're supposed to be different. And God did not give us the spirit of fear. Come on, he didn't give us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a and a sound, sound mind. Sounds like solid, stable, peace in the midst of a crazy world. Is this available to us? It's not just available. We're called to it. It's our call. It's our life. It's how Jesus lived himself. As our example. Keep reading. Verse 7. And the peace of God. Which passes all understanding. Will keep your hearts and minds. Through Christ Jesus. Finally brethren. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things of good report. If there be any virtue. If there be any praise. Do what? Do what? Do what? Think on these things. So we keep coming right back to the same things, don't we? How are you not going to be troubled and scared and upset? You're going to have to control what you think on. And again, what do millions of Christians think about that? They think they can't help it. Right? They think, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, but you just can't always control what you think. That's a lie. That is a lie. If you believe it, you're stuck. You won't be able to break free. But did he tell us to think on these things? Then are you going to tell the Lord, I'm sorry, sometimes I can't? (laughs) Who's going to tell the Lord? Lord, I know you said that. But you know, sometimes you just can't. No, he gives us a list. And if it doesn't agree with any one of these, we're not supposed to think about it. If it's not true, don't think about it. If it's not honest, don't think about it. If it's not just and fair, if it's not pure, if it's not lovely. Now, boy, that eliminates a lot of stuff. Right? Just is not lovely. If it's not a good report, what about it? If it's a bad report. If it's a bad report. That's not everybody. If it's a bad report. What do we think about? Good report. We're not saying it's not there. Yeah, we heard it. Okay. But once you hear it, that's enough. Do not continue to think about it and talk about it and look at it. Change the channel. And if you act pitiful and go, well, I tried, but you know, I just, I'm I'm alone by myself at night and I just get to thinking about it. I don't mean to, but I just, and it just scares me and I just feel so bad. If your heart is upset and shaken and troubled, tell me why it's that way. Come on, tell me why it's that way. Because you let it get that way. How did you let it get that way? You 
chose, you yielded to thinking on things and talking about things that's not on the list. Because if we were keeping our mind stayed on the Lord, how would we be? He would be keeping us in perfect peace. If we're not in perfect peace, don't argue with him. You just have not been keeping your mind stayed on what he said to think on. And we've all messed up many, many times, but it hurt us too. We went through all kind of anguish for no reason. Someone says, well, there was a reason. No, going through the anguish didn't help one thing, right? Maybe it was a big problem, but how much did your crying help it out? Did your hurting and being in anguish, how much did it help the situation? Absolutely none. Made it worse. So it's a fool thing to do when it can't help and it can make it worse. That's a fool thing to do. Verse 9. Those things which we have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Do them. Somebody say do them. That's why our little guys keep saying I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Do them. And what will happen? And the God of peace shall be with you. What do you need in every situation? You need the peace of God. It's the anchor to your soul. It helps keep you stable and steady when everything around you is going skewed and crazy. Go to Matthew, please. This is already growing on me. But that's all right. That's good, huh? We prayed a prayer. We released faith. And there's another prayer we need to pray here when we get to it. Very significant. Very important. Matthew 6. And about verse uh, 19. Matthew 6, 19. These are the words of the Master. Red letters in many Bibles. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now we're going to see this uh, continue but he's revealing two different systems with two different levels of value and priority. He said, verse uh, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be also. Now what did Jesus say? Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it, your heart, be afraid. And the Lord gave me some light last week when I was out of town about this. And we'll be getting to it. But it's uh, very easy to see why we've been troubled about things. And here's, we're getting into one of the big reasons. It's a People get upset about things 
many times that they should not be upset at all about because they don't understand how unimportant that thing is. The value system is way off and the priorities are wrong. And that's what he's saying here and you're going to see how it flows, the rest of the passage just flows into this. He said, back up again, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. That doesn't mean you can't have any investments. That doesn't mean you can't have a savings account. But what it does mean is you need a revelation that this is not very important. And every opportunity I get, I want to transfer my wealth out of this realm into that realm. Because it is not secure here. And it is losing value every hour. Someone says, well, I, mine's invested in X amount stock and 300-year institution. It ain't safe. It can be gone tomorrow. Yeah, no, not such and such. Yes, them too. If it's down here, Jesus said, it is subject to what? Being corrupted, that's being diminished and ruined, and thieves break through and steal, that's being taken from you, stolen from you. There is no such thing as 100% safe and secure in this world anywhere. But he reveals to us something that is. Keep reading. But lay up for who? This is for yourself. Just like you would make investments in the natural, put things into accounts or buy things, and it's yours. It's your stock. It's your account. And so the increase would be yours. Dividends are yours. He's saying this is real and more real than that. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Can this be done? Can this be done? It's being done. How do you do it? You do it with your tithes, with your offerings, with your gifts, your seeds of your service, your time, your talent. Anything you do from a heart of love and faith for God's work, his people, his things. If you do it genuinely in faith and love. You made a deposit. You didn't give it away. You made a deposit. It's not gone. I said it's not gone. Philippians 4 talks about a heavenly account. That goes along with this. He said not that I desire a gift. But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. What account is he talking about? He's not talking about an account at the first bank in Philippi. He's talking about an account in heaven. This is real. Most folks don't believe in it. It's not real to them, but it is real. Are the words of Jesus true? Keep reading it with me. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And it cannot depreciate there. 
It cannot be corrupted. It cannot, the value of it cannot be diminished nor deteriorated. Nor thieves do not break through nor steal. Nobody can take it away from you. It is truly secure. You can't lose it. And it can't be devalued. (laughs) Is this true or not? Now keep reading. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now let me just stop right here. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. But if that was real to you, like what Jesus just said. If somebody stole some of your money and stuff down here. And yet you had all kind of investment in heaven that you know nobody can touch. You're not going to be that upset. You're not going to be that troubled. Because you didn't lose anything really that you could have kept anyway. (laughs) And that was not where your heart was. Because you've been investing in the kingdom. And you know that's going nowhere. Nobody can take that from me. I can't lose that. So then you would not be upset like somebody who has lost their life. But you will see people. Something happened to their 401k. Something happened to this. Something happened to that. And they are beside themselves. They can't sleep. They develop medical conditions, physical problems, and they're not fit to live around or be around. They are so upset. They're so mad. They're so bitter. They're so hurt. Why? They think that means everything. Their value system is skewed. Come on, can you see this? If it wasn't, you might not be happy about it. But you are not going to get upset like other people do. Because your heart wasn't there anyway. Your heart's there. Oh, can you see it, friends? The Lord gave me three big reasons. I'll just go ahead and give them to you. Then we'll develop them as we're able to get to them. Why Christians get upset. One, lack of faith. Two, Lack of love. That is lack of knowing how much he loves you. And then lack of loving other people more than you do yourself. And then three. Wrong priorities. Wrong priorities. Skewed value system. Don't know what's important. And what's really important. And what's not. People everywhere every day are getting so upset about stuff that if they would ask the Lord about it and, and would really listen to what he would say, he would say, forget about that. Just forget. That doesn't even matter. Now, there are things that are important. My dad used to tell us boys frequently, boys, Don't sweat the small stuff. You ever heard that? Don't sweat the small stuff. And then somebody said, and it's all small stuff. That's not true. 
That's not true. But how do we ascertain what's small stuff and what's big stuff? What should be a big deal to us and what should be nothing to us? Do we develop our own value system? We let somebody else tell us. There's only one who's qualified. Is that right? To tell us. This is important. This is not. You should focus on this and do something about this right now. This you shouldn't even bother about. Do not let it bother your little head. This revelation. The Lord has prompted me for us. To stand up and pray about tonight. And to release our faith. If you've been around. You know what what, a couple of years ago plus. The Lord led us. Led me. Led us. To uh, pray and ask him. Lord show us what's you. And what's not you. And he's been doing that. He has been doing that. And I believe he will continue to do that. But I had the same kind of thing in my heart about this. We need to stand up. And we should pray and release our faith. And ask the Lord to show us what's important. And what's not important. Don't let this be too simple for you. And do not think you know. Because this is key to not staying upset all the time. So much of what people have been upset about is not important. In the big scheme of things, it does not matter. And so people go through all kind of pain and disgruntlement for no reason. No reason. Stand on your feet, please. Now, I'm I'm not quite done. We're going to go on some after this. But we need to pray this right now. Everybody, Phyllis, would you please come up to the front and join me? Let's release our faith. Everybody said out loud, Father God, Father God we, acknowledge you we acknowledge you are the source, are the source of, all of all true knowledge, all true understanding, all true, all true, wisdom. All true wisdom, and we do not presume nor assume that we know these things like we ought to know them. And so we ask you, Father, we ask you, in the name of Jesus, we come together, agreeing together, touching this subject, and we ask you, reveal to me Reveal to us your values, your priorities. Help us to see through your eyes what is important and what is not important. What should be our priority and what should not be a priority at all. To us, we pray, help us to make big strides and come up and move forward that we not be conformed to this ungodly world and think like they do 
and value like they do. But Lord, we're opening ourselves up to you. That our minds may be renewed. That we may discern and distinguish and prove and approve what is your good and acceptable and perfect will. Show us, please, in Jesus' name, what is important, what is unimportant, what is priority, and what is not. We ask it in Jesus' name. We believe we receive it, and we thank you for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for showing us. Thank you for revealing it to us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Open the eyes of our hearts and mind and understanding to see this progressively tonight, tomorrow, and the next day until our priorities are changed and our values are changed. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You can be seated. Do you believe the Lord heard that prayer? Is it his will? Then you can expect to see this beginning right now. And tonight and tomorrow, there's going to be thing after thing after thing that you would put off or ignore and the Lord will say, that's important to me. And when he shows it to you, do not ignore it. And there will be other things that you might start getting worked up about and you're going to push other things aside and focus on that and the Lord will say, no, I don't care about that. That is not important to me at all. And it will take faith. (laughs) Come on, are y'all with me? It will take faith for you to say, okay, Lord, if you don't care about it. I mean, I thought it was very important, but if you say no, then you're right. Do not assume you know these things. All of us need major mind renewal. And we have asked the Lord. And he has heard us. And it is already working. It's already working. Keep reading on this uh, Matthew 6 for me please. Matthew 6. Where your treasure is. What? That's where your heart will be. And so if it's a big treasure to you. And important to you. Then if if you're not getting it or if it's in danger or something's not right with it, you're going to be upset and you're going to be troubled. But the question is, is it what he says should be treasure or what men in the ungodly world say? Verse 22. Now all this flows together. He's not changed subjects here. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, or as some translations say good, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, now what does that mean? It means what you see and how you see it. Oh, it makes so much difference how we see things. How you see a thing can make the difference between you being panicking or you being cool as a cucumber, as they say. Hallelujah. 
And yet nothing has changed in the situation. It's just how you see it. How you see it. The scripture says in Hebrews. What is it? 2.15 or so. Don't turn there. but It says uh, that Jesus became a partaker of flesh and blood so that he through death might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through all their lifetime were subject to bondage through the fear of death. Fear makes you bindable. Fear makes you bindable. The devil is not what he cracks himself up to be. He can't just do things in your life without our cooperation. Well, he wants you to believe that that he can, but he can't. And what fear of death is, is fear of irrecoverable loss. Fear of losing something that is so precious, precious, that is gone and you cannot and will not ever get it back. And if something is a treasure to you and you think you're going to lose it forever and never get it back, you'll not be able to escape the fear. You won't be able You won't be able. But when we realize the truth. That in God. We're not going to lose anything that matters. In the end. When it's all said and done. The Lord is causing all things. To work together. For the good of them that love him. And are called according to his purpose. One of the biggest things that people are troubled and upset and panic over. Is dying. Because that's like the worst thing that could happen to you right? Because when you're dead. That's it. Gone. Never to come back. Fear of irrecoverable loss. But that's thinking like an unbeliever. That's acting like the Bible's not true. When you know the truth, in just a short while, you and I are going to be out of here. The Lord tarries his coming just a few years, just a few decades. It's going to come and go so quick. I mean, it does not take long for 20 years to come and go. True? No, it does not. If you're 15, you may think so, but you'll find out soon. (laughs) Won't they? They will find out soon. You know, you're 15 and you look up and you're 35, right? And you look up and you're 75. It is happening so quick. But when, not if, when that time comes and I breathe my last, you breathe your last if the Lord tears is coming. Do I have to be in dread? No, I'm not losing anything. That I'd care about. What am I losing? I'm losing aging and pain and the curse and dealing with the sin. Of the... I'm not even losing this body. 
The Lord's going to change it. We're going to come back and pick it up later. And yet you'll see Christians grieve and heave and cry over the casket of their loved one's body. Mama's mama's gone. We lost mama. We lost mama. Mama ain't lost. You cry all over that box if you want to. Mama ain't even here. And if mama's a believer and you're a believer, you're going to see mama again. Amen. Really, really soon. Amen. Come on. If you live another 40 years, it's going to come and go so quick. Amen. Next thing you know, you're going to slip out of your body too. And next thing you know, you'll be up there and mama will be hugging your neck. And she'll say, you're already here? I just got here. <laughs> but see, to act like, to, to many people, this life, even one more day in this world is the treasure of all treasures. And so you cling to it with everything that you've got and, and are afraid to die. That's because you don't know what's important. You don't know. You're acting like there is no other reality. There's nothing past this life. That's not true. Keep reading. What are we talking about here? If your eye is single and good, your body's full of light. If your eye is evil and bad, your whole body's full of darkness. What does that mean? How you see it. If I see death, my death, as a departure, just like going to the airport and taking a flight, and I have run my race and finished my course, and I'll say, see ya. I'm blowing this popsicle stand. I'm out of here. I don't dread it. I don't fear. If I look at death as loss of everything, then I'm not going to have light in me. I'm going to have darkness. Come on, can you see this? It's how I see it. How I see it. Well, this is not just true concerning living and dying. It's true concerning everything we deal with every day of our life. How I see it determines whether I got light and life in me to deal with it or whether I'm all depressed and hopeless about it. How I see it. How I see it. How I see it. Well, let's get around. Go to church. Time to go to church. We we have to go to church. <laughs> I could look at it that way. I got to get ready. Go preach. I got to go study. Again. <laughs> For hours. And I just got back in off the road. Where I stayed shut up in a hotel room all day long and studied and prayed for hours. And I don't see it that way. If I saw it that way, I would dread going out. I would dread coming. Right? And I would look for reasons not to. Come on, can you see this? And I would be experiencing discomfort and unhappiness when there's no reason to be experiencing that. All I got to do is quit believing lies and realize what's important. I don't have to go. I get to go. 
God could be using somebody else. God could be blessing somebody else. Come on, do you see this? And this is important. This is big. This is big. Eternal things are happening in these services and in these churches. Hearts are being changed. Divine deposits are being made. You heard Phyllis talking about the little ones. Little ones. Two and three year olds. Faith is developing. Learning how to commune with God and pray and overcome. This will change their whole life. It affects their trajectory and where they wind up in life. I don't have to go do it. I get to be a part of this. Hallelujah. The overcoming church of the living God in the midst of a dark world. (laughs) Oh, everybody's got flesh. And you can be a little weary or a little tired sometime or whatever. Flesh is flesh. But all you got to do is get a hold of your eye and change the focus so that you see this thing right. Come on, do you see that? Instead of looking at it wrong, you look at it the way the Lord would have you to look at it. And the moment you change the focus and you change the way you see it, instead of darkness and depression and heaviness, light comes in. Oh, come on, can you see it? Light comes in. And that light will quicken you. Oh, hallelujah. And enable you. Whew. Keep going, keep going. Verse uh, 24. No man can serve two masters. He's still talking about the same things. Either he'll hate the one and love the other. He'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We need money to do what we need to do. But whoa, money is a good tool. But it's a lousy God. And you do not want to have so much of your heart and mind. I worked so hard for that money. It's, you know, and you're scared. Something's going to happen to the markets. Something's going to happen with your investments. Something's going to happen with this. That's because you think it's more important than it is. If your priorities get right, it doesn't bother you like it does other people. I said if your priorities get right. And it's other things are your treasure. That's just a tool. And so if something didn't go the way you'd like for it to. Or somebody took some of it. Because it wasn't your treasure to start with. It just don't shake you like it does other people. And because you have faith. You know God can give me ten times that much. Before the month is done. Can you see this? So you do not get suicidal. And you don't get to where nobody can live around you. Because you know the real value of that. And it's not what the world thinks it is. Verse 25. Therefore. I say to you. Take no thought. Is he talking about worrying? Being upset. Being troubled. For your life. What you shall eat. What you shall drink. Nor yet for the body. What you shall put on. Now notice what he's saying. Is not the life More than the food. What will help you not to worry? Because you realize. The life. Life is a big deal. Food is not a big deal. 
So if I'm carrying on about food, I'm being foolish. I don't know what's important. The body is worth something. Clothes, not a big deal. (laughs) Now I know we just rubbed the fashion world wrong. (laughs) But it's true. I said it's true. It's true. If you spend all your time. See, the, the Bible, actually the New Testament actually cautions ladies. Specifically. About being obsessed with hairstyles and clothes. First Peter, have you read it? Don't, don't let your adorning, the focus of it, be the outward man. With the hair and with the clothes and stuff. It doesn't mean you can't look nice. But if you are always obsessing about, I think that's last season. <laughs> and what, what day is it? It's too late to wear that color. if it genuinely bothers you you don't know what's important you think that really matters and it doesn't it doesn't (laughs) do the best you can I'm not saying not to you know you want to look good you want to look nice you want to represent the Lord okay that's good but You know, I do what I know to do. Phyllis helps me out a lot. But when I get here, I'm as is. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm as is. And uh, if something's not quite right, you need to forget about it. Is that right? Because I already have. (laughs) I had a lady one time, bless her heart. She came, thank you, thank you. She came up after the service. She said, you know, I, I just, I didn't get much out of your message today. And I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, you have, you have a thread right here on your pants. And it, and it was stayed there the whole time. And it just bugged me and, and distracted me. Well, she is entirely too easily distracted. If she thinks that little string is more important than the word of God coming out of her mouth. Her value system is so far off, right? So skewed. And she needs major mind renewal. Now, we're not, I'm not throwing any stones. You need major mind renewal. I need, right? In this very area. We need mind renewal. So it's a, you know, our other series is about not judging. <laughs> So you know, so that's ridiculous. You've done similar things, but it's just a, a, a something that stands out. An example, you might say, "Well, that's not important." Well, the Lord would look at a lot of things we've done the same way. He, if we'd listen, He'd say, "That's not important. Leave that alone. Forget about that, and go do this." And it would be to us the same way. We think, "Well, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but this is." This. He'd say, "I said, leave it alone. It's not important." Every day of our life, one of the first things we should focus on to him is what's your priority for us today so that we don't waste our time and resources on things that he cares nothing about that's not important to him because we do not have days to waste nor money and resources and energies to waste. 
We prayed the prayer. Did the Lord hear us? Is he revealing to us what's important to him and what's not important to him? I'm telling you, if we'll yield to him, we're going to make some big changes in our life over the next weeks and months. We're going to make some changes. We'll add some things. We'll change some things. We'll leave off some things. And we'll be happier about it. There are, before, from the time the service started till now, there's probably at least 15,000 people went home to be with the Lord. Somewhere around the countries. Every less than uh, two seconds, two people go home. And uh, I'm convinced a lot of these folks, when they're breathing their last and they're leaving their body, they're thinking, I thought I would have more time. I thought this. We plan to do that. And they're going to realize all that stuff I did doesn't matter. I could have been doing this. We should have been doing this. And people act like they're going to live down here forever. And do the same thing every day. And, and you're not. I'm not. We're not. We need. And God's giving us. A revelation. Isn't he? Come on somebody said out loud in faith. He's showing me. What's important. What's not important. What's priority. And what is a total waste of time. Amen. Keep reading. He started out by talking. About two systems and two places. Don't don't focus on that down here. Focus on there. Right? And then he, he continues to say, this is not important. This is important. What? Don't be upset about where my next meal is going to come from. Don't be upset about where, where I'm going to get my clothes. That's not a priority. Life is important, not food. <laughs> come on, can you see this? Your body has some importance, not your clothes. How many think, 100,000 years from now, anybody will remember the current trends? Current fashion trends. (laughs) If anybody did, everybody around them will go, why'd you bring that up for? Who cares? 26. The fowls of the air, they sow not, they don't reap, they don't gather in the barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Is he giving revelation? Don't be concerned about that. That's not important. Don't focus on that. Keep reading. Which of you by taking one thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take thought about your clothes? Look at the lilies of the field. They grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Is the Lord saying, it is so easy for me to get you clothes. For you to go around, spend a lot of time thinking about this is a waste of your time. Your, your priorities are skewed. And, and worrying about this and worrying about that, he's telling us it's a total waste of your time and energies. Amen. Don't do this. Keep going. I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? There are a number of things the Lord would have us just assume it's going to be taken care of. And not spend any substantial time or thought about it, but to use those energies somewhere else. 
Verse 31. Therefore take no thought. Does this have to do with the mind? Certainly. What we think about. And he mentioned the eye. How you see it. Take no thought. Saying what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? If the Lord says don't say this. Should we listen to him? Then we should not be talking about. I don't know how in the world we're going to get clothes for the kids. And you know. This is coming and that's coming. I, I don't know how we're going to do this. And, and what about the house? And, and I don't know how we're going to, this is going to work. Where are we going to get this? The Lord is telling you. It's foolish to do that. You should be thinking bigger. You should be thinking with me. The principle, keep reading. Verse 32. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's important. That's important. Not the food. Not to close, not to house, the kingdom. And if you do all these things, close, house, all that stuff, will be added to you. But you won't be thinking about it. You won't be focused on it. It's not a big deal to you. It's not important to you. Keep going. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. A completely different set of values to the ungodly world around about us. We should not worry about what they worry about. We should not fear what they fear. We should not get upset about what upsets them. And it should be a witness when they see us and we don't. Because our eye is good. And single. And we're seeing things. Through Holy Ghost lenses. We're seeing things. Through the word of God. Focus. And because of that. We have a different set of values. And priorities. Can you say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And in doing so. Keeping our mind stayed. Where the Lord wants it to be stayed. We will live and abide in his peace that he gave us. And in life, our challenges, and even facing your last breath, you will be in the peace that passes understanding. People will not understand how you could be so cool and so together and so happy. And you're dealing with this and you're going through this. But it's because... You're looking through different eyes. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet everybody. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Lord we thank you. Just lift up your hands. Lord we give you glory. Lord we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website 
at morelife.org.